This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Let me uh, make sure before I, I get started here that everyone get a prayer and fasting sheet. If you did not, just lift your hand. We'd like to get you one of these. And, and this is just to help you, give you some guidance, get you started. Uh, today is actually when we start, and my advice is just jump in there. Maybe you had a big uh, breakfast this morning, that's okay. You can jump in there now. There's something about prayer and fasting when you start the year that way that sets the course for the year. And ask the Lord what He would have you do. And I want to challenge you, maybe you've been doing a Daniel fast, which is a fast from sweets and meat and bread, and maybe this year you step it up. Maybe you fast uh, two or three days. Everyone can fast one to three days and just get you some, a little juice or some broth and, and just look and see what God does because you'll become so sensitive to the things of God. It, uh, it, it makes everything new in a sense, and it's a wonderful thing to do. So uh, there's plenty of if you're doing the Daniel's fast, there's plenty of things online that you can get recipes. Uh, do not gain weight during the Daniel fast. I mean, something is missing because what we're doing, we're, we're putting down the, the flesh and, the, and that's a good desire to eat, but we're putting those things down. So eat less if you're doing a, a Daniel fast and really dedicate, spend some extra time with the Lord. Don't just... Uh, fast and not spend time with him. Now, if you're doing a, a full fast, you're just doing some juice or some broth, uh, you're going to be weak at times. You may not feel like praying, and it's okay to go lay down. God still honors that, but you got to have strength for your body. But be challenged. Do something. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. And you can't fast church. Had one of the youth tell me, I'm fasting church this year. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, a fasting. And I, I really want to stir you up and, and let you see what the Bible says about it. Because really it's a, it's a lost message. Uh, there, it is uh, a lot of people starting to fast. And we do join with Jensen Franklin and thousands of, of, of churches. But still, as a whole, there's a lot of people who do not fast. And um, the truth is, they're missing a, a secret part that you can experience the power of God, and you can hear His voice. So this is a, a great time, a great time to start the year. We've already eaten too much turkey and done all that stuff, right? And we're, we're ready for some some time with God. We do not fast to change God. We do not change His mind. His Word is, is there, and we're not changing Him. He's an unchanging God. We change us. That's what happens. So we're not doing, I've done some of that in the past, that I would fast just trying to earn some points with God, and I found that my points don't mean anything to Him. That he made all the points and scored everything through Jesus Christ. And what happens is I change me. I put myself in a position to hear from him 
and to walk with Him. It's really obedience to what Scriptures tell us, or really what Jesus told us to do, and say obedience to Him. A fasting is not a Christian diet, uh, but even though you will lose weight, it's okay to be excited about losing weight. God is after the whole body. He wants you healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In every way, he wants you whole. But this is a time that we seek the Lord, and we, anytime that you seek him, you find him. He is right there for you to minister to you. You know, it's, I, I, I'm so excited about this time of year, at the same time my flesh doesn't like it. I mean, it's just like, oh, no. Not again already. You mean we're going to pray and fast? Yes, we're going to pray and fast. We're going to do what's good for us and good for our relationship with God. Matthew 6, verse 17, that's in your notes. But you, when you fast, notice Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. That means he expects us to fast. I can take this one verse and say, it's the will of God for us to fast. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Fasting, even though we're doing a corporate fast of 21 days, is still a private thing between you and God. And it's, it's between you and Him what you're doing and how this whole thing's laid out. But he, he says here, you'll be rewarded by God. How many want the reward of God on their life? How many will agree that God's a pretty good rewarder? Every time that you fast, you get rewarded on it. Every time. I've never fasted that I have not seen reward. That I have not seen the hand of God. Usually it's down the road. Something happened, uh, where did this come from? Then it hit me, fasting. That time that I dedicated to the Lord opened up a channel for me to receive. But he said, wash your face. Why? You don't put on a fasting face. Anybody know that face? What's wrong with you, Pastor? <laughs> Fasting. The Bible says that's your reward. But somebody thought, well, he's, I guess they're spiritual. <laughs> that's not good enough. I want God's reward. He said to wash your face. Don't put on a fasting face. Put on a feasting face. Smile. Be happy. Because God sees what you're doing, and he sees in secret, and he will reward you. Now, do some people find that, of course, and that's okay. It's the motivation of your heart, not to be seen of men. But Jesus said, when you fast, he expects us to fast. The hypocrites, they did it to be noticed by man. It said that they're giving. They would sound the trumpets when the... Pharisees would give down the street. They'd sound the trumpets. Oh, a Pharisee's about to give an offering. 
And the Bible said they had their reward. Somebody saw them do this. But Jesus said, you do it in secret. And the Father will reward you. So it's all the motivation of the heart. God rewards fasting. When you fast, it's not, fasting is not just for the uh, religious extreme. It's for us normal people. It's not just for ministers. It's not just for those that are uh, in, a, in a cave somewhere. It's for all of us. It's normal Christian behavior. Oh, pastor, you're being extreme. No, just normal. It's normal. It's normal for a Christian to fast. It's never been normal for me. Well, let's get you to normal. <laughs> it's a normal part of our relationship with God. In Psalms 42, 7, David said, Deep calls in unto deep. Deep calls unto deep. Interesting uh, word there. But most people don't know David was fasting during that time. And what he was doing, you hit a point in fasting where your spiritual hunger overwhelms your natural hunger. And he reached a, a point that the depths of his heart could cry out to the depths of God. There was an intimacy. There was a, a change from the things of this world grabbing hold of him to the things of God had taken hold of him. There was a, a change from complacency and being lukewarm and just going with the flow and being uh, in a place of uh, passivity to being concerned about the lost, being concerned about Father's heart, that intimacy with him, walking in a new place. That's what David was talking about. Even in the midst of a trial, he said, deep calls unto deep. As he was in a time of fasting, seeking God, reaching out to him. And in that place, perspectives change. In that place, hope rises up. Faith is stirred. In that place where it looks like things are impossible, all of a sudden you're looking to the possibilities of God. All of a sudden you're saying nothing is impossible because I believe. Things change and you see through his eyes. Those things that hinder that, that criticism, you let it go. That place of unforgiveness, you let it go. Because you realize how much you've been forgiven of when you're intimate with God. And you realize how good He is and how merciful He is. You let it go. It's not worth it. Prayer becomes more than a duty that you do. It becomes your life. It becomes your freedom. It becomes your intercession. Is there not a cause in the earth today for intercessors, for people to pray? Is there not a cause? Is there anyone in your family that's lost? Well, the truth is, the Bible says that God's done everything to keep them out of hell, but if they don't accept the Son, they're going to hell. There's a place of intercession. There's a place of prayer because through intercession, you can pull them out. Through intercession, you can make it hard for them to go to hell. How many want to make it hard for people to go to hell? Fasting is normal for the believer. In Matthew 6, what we just read from, it's, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus used three different things. He said, uh, when you give, give in secret. 
When you pray, pray in secret. And when you fast, fast in secret. And the Father will reward you. Solomon talked about a three-chord strand, not easily broken. I believe this is the duty and responsibility of every believer. To give, pray, and fast. And when you do these three, it causes a three-strand cord in your life that causes you to be strong and you're not easily broken. When you're giving, when you're praying, when you're fasting, you can be strong as a Christian. God wants us to do these things as a normal activity of our life. There was a father that had a demon-possessed son. He was looking for help. He was desperate. and said that his son would be thrown into the fire or thrown into the water. And he couldn't get help. He was desperate to get his son help. And he went to Jesus' disciples and they couldn't help him. They couldn't do anything about it. In verse Matthew 17, verse 14, And when they come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now the disciples were disturbed at this. Jesus had already given them power to heal and power to cast out demons. And they had this authority, and they were successful in it. They had been doing these things successfully, and then they come up against this, this boy, and they could not do it. They could not set this boy free, and they were disturbed, so they're going to ask Jesus, what is the issue? What is the problem? In verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, say unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. Now the disciples didn't know why they could not bring help and, and cure to this, this boy. Or they wouldn't ask Jesus. They didn't know what the problem was. As far as they were concerned, it was business as usual, but it didn't work this time. What is wrong? And Jesus said, the problem is your unbelief. It was an unbelief they did not know they had. It was an unbelief that that was not detected by them. They didn't know it was there. There was some doubt. There was some unbelief, and it hindered them for experiencing or flowing with the grace of God. It's, uh, flowing with the power of God. It hindered them. Have you ever had some places where you felt hindered? You did everything that God said to do, but you didn't see the results? Possibly it's because there's some doubt and unbelief there. You don't know it's there, but it's there. Now Jesus was not saying, look, the reason... 
you were successful before, it's because you did not come up against this demon. You see, this demon's stronger than all the other demons, and you have to pray and fast to cast out this kind of demon. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying this kind of doubt that you don't even know is there, this kind of subtle unbelief that creeps into your life, you don't realize is there, can hinder the flow of grace, can hinder the power of God from flowing in your life. And he said the only thing that you can do, you've got to pray and fast to get rid of this type of doubt and unbelief. Now I want to submit to you this morning that we all have places of that subtle doubt and unbelief in our life. And the way to get it out is through prayer and fasting. There's been things that seem like mountains to me. After I went through prayer and fast, fasting, it seemed like an anthill. It was, nothing changed. It all looked the same in the natural. Nothing had changed, but what had changed was I changed. I saw it through God's perspective. I saw it through His lenses. I thought, saw it through His Word, and I didn't have doubt and unbelief there. I go, this is a piece of cake. Why was I even concerned? Why? Because I got rid of that doubt and unbelief that was there. We need to pray and fast. There are Christians asleep at the wheel. And we need to wake up. How do you wake up? Prayer and fasting. You get with God. You let Him take a hold of your life. To where he is bigger than that egg roll. He's bigger than that ball game. He's, he's bigger than those weeds in the yard. He's, he's bigger than your neighbor shouting at you. And saying he doesn't like your house paint color. He becomes bigger. Where are you doing? You're magnifying the Lord. How many ever had magnifying glass as a kid? I used to have fun. I'd burn up some things. But you know, the magnifying glass really wasn't invented to burn up things. It was to look through. And it makes things bigger. You magnify the Lord. Is He bigger? You can't make Him any bigger. He just becomes bigger to your eyes. It becomes bigger to you. And that's what fasting and prayer does. It magnifies Him. It honors Him. And He is magnified in our eyes as we look to Him. Notice here He said, nothing will be impossible if you can deal with this doubt and unbelief. If you can deal with this, nothing will be impossible to you. There are some places in your life will, that will never become possible until you pray and fast. There are some places in your life that you'll not see all that God has for you until you pray and fast. Jesus said to give the pray and the fast. Well, pastor, I don't believe fasting is for today. Well, giving's not and praying's not then. Because Jesus put in the same context. You could look at it like this. 
Jesus talked about a 30-fold blessing, a 60-fold blessing, and a 100-fold blessing. Let's take these three responsibilities or duties of a Christian. I say you're a giver. What do you get? 30-fold blessing. What if you give and pray? 60-fold. What if you do all three? 100-fold blessing. We have to do what, what Jesus said to do. Well, I want all these results, Pastor. I want this, I want that. But you're not willing to do what he said to do. You're not experienced what he said that you'll have until you do what he said to do. Well, I just can't fast. Yes, you can. He'll give you help. And if you just make it through one meal, he is honored by your heart. He knows what's in your heart. Just take a step. Let him, let him give you strength. One thing, uh, when you, people that think this demon was so big and strong that it took prayer and fasting, cast it out, Jesus defeated Satan himself. Okay? He's the ruler over all the demons, everything, and he was defeated. In fact, Jesus fasted. The reason he knew this worked is because the Holy Spirit led him to go on a fast where he could face Satan himself at his strongest point. Jesus was at his strongest point when he was fasting for 40 days and then faced the enemy. Not the strongest physically, but spiritually he was at his strongest. And he was able to resist the temptations of the devil. Uh, and by the way, that was before he was stripped. Satan was stripped of all power. At the cross, it says that Satan was defeated and totally disarmed and brought to naught. Naught is zero. He's a zero. Love your enthusiasm. <laughs> Could we be missing some of the greatest breakthrough power available? We need to fast. Luke 5.33 Then they said to him, Why do your disciples, uh, the disciples of John, fast often and make prayers? Likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. We're in those days. In case you don't know, the bridegroom's not here with us. The Holy Spirit lives within you, but Jesus is there, the bridegroom. And these are the days of fasting. That's what Jesus said. We are to fast. Philippians 3, verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. And whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. You know, they say the way to a man's heart is through his belly, through his stomach. Most women already know that secret. But the devil knows that. And it's amazing when you look at scriptures, how many times it involves food. Think about it in the garden, Adam and Eve. It says that they partook of the fruit 
of the knowledge of uh, good and evil. They partook of that tree when they weren't supposed to. And what happened? They, they lost that intimacy they had with God. Because one meal, they ate themselves out of house and home. They ate themselves out of the blessing of God. They ate themselves out of His presence. They ate themselves into the curse. They ate themselves into pain and misery and defeat. Why one meal? One meal. Fasting destroys, this is my message, fasting destroys or dethrones king's stomach. It dethrones the flesh. That's what fasting does. Esau was a hunter. Isaac and Rebekah's son. He was a hunter. He loved to hunt. And one day he comes home, and it doesn't say if he was unsuccessful hunting, just say he was hungry. He could have been. He was successful, just didn't want to prepare the food. But probably unsuccessful, he comes home hungry. His brother Jacob had a little bit of stew and some bread. And Esau said, can I eat? Can I have this? And Jacob said, yes, you can have this if you give me your birthright. That birthright, Esau was the firstborn son. And that meant that he received a special blessing of the father. He received a double portion of father's, his father's estate. He was blessed. And Esau, for a morsel or just some stew, traded off or sold his birthright and gave it to Jacob. How many Christians are selling off their birthright? We're born of God, we belong to God for a morsel of food or the appetites of this world. Like I was saying last week, we're so distracted with good things, not immoral things, just good things that we squeeze God out of our lives. And we need God. So we have Esau. I won't read the scripture to you. Because in the book of Hebrews, it really comes down strong on what he did. I will read this scripture to you. I'm hitting the right thing. It keeps bringing up the Christmas message. It doesn't want me to. Okay. Be that way. Hand me the notes. 
place. I'm going to read this scripture to you. Hebrews 12 verse 16, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, he looked up there, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward when he wanted his father's blessings, he was rejected. He was rejected. It was too late for repentance even though he begged with bitter tears. He couldn't get back what had already been given. Thank God. If you have rejected your birthright as a son of God, part of God's family, there is repentance available because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. In uh, Ezekiel 16, it's going to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, it's, it's known for really the sin of homosexuality, but there's a lot more. It says, look at this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom, Ezekiel 16, verse 49. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. We see here that there was abundance of food, there was idleness, there was no giving, there was no praying, there was no fasting, there was gluttony, all these things. And it's what brought in uh, the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. What was it? There was, the flesh was ruling and reigning. The stomach, the God of the belly, the appetite uh, for the, the world, worldly things. And Matthew Henry, the commentator, he said the carnal mind, the craving of the carnal mind had, had come and was fulfilled by Sodom and Gomorrah. Those people was fulfilled and it brought damage to their precious soul. So we need to cut away even from the good things and spend time with God. Evaluate our life. Why do we start the year with corporate fast? Number one, seeking God first. Sets the course for the whole year. When you begin your year by seeking God, putting Him first, you're enacting a principle of the, of the word called first things. God first. That's what you hear on Sunday, the first of the week, dedicating your week to God. That's the reason you give the first portion of your money to God. You're dedicating your money to God. The first thing you do in the morning is pray. You're dedicating your day to the one who is first in your life, the Lord God. It's called the principle of first things. And when you set yourself to seek his face at the beginning of the year, you're setting the course for the entire year. Number two dethrone the fleshly appetites of this world. Dethrone it. If you have to turn Facebook off, social media, turn it off. Oh, Pastor, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could live without Facebook. 
You need to fast. That's a sure sign you need to fast. Electricity's out. We can't watch our favorite program on TV. You need to fast. Something. There's some in your, your family that are lost, not serving God, and you can't find a prayer for them. You need to fast. You need to pray. You need to seek his face. You need to ask for his passion, his heart to once again stir you like never before. It's a time for us to be stirred like never before because of what's happening in the earth. But it says as the darkness gets darker, the light of God's grace gets brighter. Number three, blessing and breakthrough will happen for you. Blessing and breakthrough, miracles will happen for you the, the whole year. The blessing of the Lord will track you down, be searching for you and run you over. That breakthrough, that miracle, whatever it is that you need, prayer and fasting, being with Him. Oh, Pastor, I'm afraid to get that close to God. He might ask me to do something. If you knew how much he loved you, you won't run to him. Because the reason you don't want to get close to him is the enemy. And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. But God wants you to have something better called abundant life. He wants you to hear his voice. I don't know if I should marry this one. Get with the one who knows. Get with the one who knows. Well, I'm just going to ask my friends. I'm going to take a survey. Survey, should I marry him? Well, that didn't help. They all could be wrong. Talking to a lady, she said, I'm going to divorce. I'm going to divorce my husband. Say, so who are you talking to? I've got five ladies I talk to at work. I say, are they Christians? They're all Christians. Are they married? They're all divorced. Then she lowered her head and goes, some of them four or five times. I say, are they in church? Not one of them. Have you heard them pray? Not one of them. You're going to the wrong place. You need to look up. You need to go to him. He's got that. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And anything that distracts you from him is of the enemy. Anything that pulls on you and starts to control you is of the enemy. You can get controlled by good things. Grizzly basketball. Memphis Tigers. You can get controlled by good things. But it will steal the best from your life if you don't put him first. Put him first. That breakthrough that you've been looking for is with him. That miracle you've been looking for, that business you've been looking for, that answer, that prosperity you've been looking for is with him. You'll not find it in the world. You'll not find it in where else? That healing that you need with him. 
He's a good God. He's worthy of us setting ourselves aside to spend some time with Him. Yeah, we live a life that way, but now we're taking special time to say no to some good things for the best to spend time with Him. And He'll change your life. Some of you, it's going to be the first time it's going to change your life. Say, prayer and fasting change things. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glorious face. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word today. God, we know that if You tell us to do something, You give us the strength to do it. You give us the the ability to do it. And Lord, I thank You that fasting is healthy for us. I thank You, Lord, it benefits our physical body and our mind becomes clear and we're able to think. We're able to comprehend. We're able to hear Your voice. I thank You, Lord, for the privilege and honor we have of dedicating this year fresh to You. We want to see Your hand. We want to see your blessings. We want to walk in all that you've called us to walk in. If today you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today's today. Maybe you've been going your own way, doing your own thing. The Bible says when you go against the abundant life way, God's way, death is overtaking you. And you're experiencing death. God wants you to experience life. But you have to choose. He'll not force you. You must choose to do things His way. So I want to give you an opportunity to choose life. Before I do a salvation call, every head bowed, I shut. If I'm talking to you and you want to turn around, you know things have to change and you're going to go God's way. There's some places that you've been going your own way, but right now God is speaking to you. Your heart's beating fast and it's time for a change. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up and say, that's me. There's some others. Just stand up. Who else? Stand up. Would you be strong? Not ashamed of the Lord, but taking the stand for Him. Well, I have good intentions. Nah, I'm talking about action. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Want everyone to stretch your hands towards these that are standing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today, right now, is a new day for each of these. That they're turning from the ways of the world and the ways of the enemy. They're turning to you with everything within them. And Lord, I thank you that you meet them, that your spirit's there, and you break off those things that hinder. You break off those strongholds of the enemy, and they come down in Jesus' name. And new life, new life, refreshing, renewal 
overtakes them. Jesus' name. Now I want you all to come down here. I'm going to ask Dennis, Zach, yeah, Shauna, y'all come up here. I want you to lay hands on these. Come on down. Come on down. You've already stood up. Come on. Come on. Yeah, let's give God thanks for these. Yes, John. Come on. Now, while they're praying for these, I want you to bow your head. We're going to do a salvation call because I'm not going to leave it out. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, now's the day of salvation. Maybe you have before in the past, but you know your relationship's not right with God and you didn't come down, didn't stand up, but you want to get right. This is your opportunity. No one looking around wants you to lift your hand and say, that's me. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord today. Or I want to rededicate my life to Him. I want to serve Him. I want to follow after Him. I want this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your salvation. Just repeat this after me. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus who died for me. He took my place. He took my sin. He did it all for me because he loves me. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'll live for you, Lord. Strengthen me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can live the life that will please you. I give you honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a Savior and King forever.